0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And as you can see on your screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, it's a little bit dramatic over in Twitter land. If you haven't been following any of this story, well, we can walk you through it from the very beginning when Elon Musk was announced as surreptitiously purchasing stock to take an interest in Twitter all the way through today where... As you saw when we started this video people are getting a little dramatic on the platform here's one twitter user doug palmer who posts a picture with the last person leaving twitter turn out the lights but it isn't just individuals that have been antic in the last couple of days you see actual brands here's ign with a dawn of the final day reference to both the legend of zelda and the end of twitter or netflix with a tweet saying feels like the last 20 minutes of don't look up right about now. You can go on Twitter right now. You can look up any number of hashtags, rip Twitter, Twitter migration, leaving Twitter, die Twitter, die, whatever it is that you might be looking for. And you will see a lot of people pretending that it's the apocalypse over on the service. Now, why are they doing that? Well, it all comes down to the last 24 hours or so. Here is a tech journalist, Zoe Schiffer, who reported last evening, November 17th, Twitter just alerted employees that effective immediately All office buildings are temporarily closed and badge access is suspended. No details given as to why. We're hearing this is because Elon Musk and his team are terrified employees are going to sabotage the company. Also, they're still trying to figure out which Twitter workers they need to cut access for. Offices will reopen on November 21st. In the meantime... Please continue to comply with company policy by refraining from discussing confidential company information on social media with the press or elsewhere. And so far, no Twitter employee has been deactivated, even those who've publicly resigned. More on that in just a second. Musk and his team only collected the list of yeses, employees who said they want to be part of Twitter 2.0. They're still trying to track who is out. Now, what is that even all about? Well, in order to understand that, we actually have to go all the way back past Thursday to Wednesday where in a Washington Post article, we can see that Musk issues ultimatum to staff commit to hardcore Twitter or take severance. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to participate in anything called hardcore Twitter. Twitter is plenty hardcore enough, but this is actually about employees and a request from the new boss to effectively work harder. We're going to look at it in this article. It comes as Musk's first major feature in the sub-headline here. Twitter's blue verified was halted while the company probes issues that arose from its launch. Issues that we talked about in our earlier Muskapalooza videos on this channel. San Francisco. Elon Musk issued an ultimatum to Twitter employees Wednesday morning. Commit to a new hardcore Twitter or leave the company with severance pay. Twitter is shifting to an engineer-driven operation, one that will need to be extremely hardcore, that's in quotes, going forward according to a midnight email which was obtained by the washington post employees were asked to click on an icon and respond by thursday if they wanted to stay this will mean working long hours at high intensity he said the email said only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade the washington post then talks about internal turmoil at the company by mid-wednesday members of twitter's trust and safety team who are responsible for keeping hate speech and misinformation off the site mission most definitely not accomplished on Twitter. We're discussing a mass resignation, according to three current employees who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. I'm not sure what the retribution would be exactly here. And certainly Twitter is leaking like a sieve, but suffice it to say, the story as it stands in the Washington Post and other outlets that have reported upon it is that Elon Musk, who, as I've said in this space a number of times, is managing this situation and others in ways that I wouldn't be doing is clearly trying to put pressure on his employees and his workforce to either determine who's willing to work for him or to just get people out the door. And that's actually being a little bit generous in terms of giving the benefit of the doubt to Mr. Musk, that there is a plan behind these things. It looks for all the world on the outside like he is flailing a bit trying to figure out what the future of Twitter is and clearly facing cultural headwinds of the employee base that he just purchased for north of $40 billion. Now, that was to be expected, I would think, if you're Elon Musk and you're planning out what this is to look like at Twitter. Certainly, there are cultural differences between the way Twitter was operated, who was operating it, and Mr. Musk. But it looks right now like he is calling everyone that he can possibly call, and he is threatening, with ultimatums or otherwise, those that haven't walked of their own accord. The email came just a few hours after Musk tweeted he was tabling Twitter's Blue Verified, his first major product since taking over last month, as Twitter's owner and chief executive, while the company sorts out issues with the feature following a botched rollout. Now, the rollout was clearly used by bad actors in a way that was pretty much anticipatable. So that isn't great. I don't know if it's botched or not. I also don't know if it's tabled. Elon Musk has said that it's going to come back later in November. He's given specifics on the date. I don't know whether he'll hit those or not. But suffice it to say, it's been a weird month for Twitter. Inside Twitter, staffers are using the additional time to conduct a postmortem on the launch, trying to understand why impersonations of high-profile individuals and brands spiraled out of control, according to a person with knowledge of the internal discussions who spoke on the condition of anonymity, again, for fear of retribution. According to people familiar with the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe internal matters, you don't actually have to use anonymity that much, Washington Post, as well as internal and externally compiled data reviewed by the Washington Post, the new service failed to gain much traction during its brief stint, skewing towards a few niche communities and threatening Twitter's core advertising revenue because advertisers don't really like to be copied. We saw various things happening with respect to pharmaceutical companies, for instance, that weren't very happy. The ultimatum to employees paired with the blue launch and its backtrack served as the culmination of a whirlwind couple of weeks of ownership for Musk, says the Post, who bought the company for $44 billion late last month and faces huge financial pressure to make it a success. Musk has already slashed half of the 7,500 employees who were at Twitter. I think we heard the number 3,700 when he took over. And the ultimatum Wednesday is expected to accelerate dismissals among those remaining. Now, again, if you want to give him four-dimensional chess kind of credit, this is Elon Musk putting something out there that is not going to be taken well by a lot of folks, and by not being taken well, he is going to call more of his employee base. Now, you also might recall that we heard rumors before his takeover of Twitter that he was talking to investors and prospective investors about the fact he thought Twitter could operate on only about 25% of its existing worker base. That was 7,500 people at the time. It is most definitely not 7,500 people now. So you could give him credit for this, but certainly Twitter itself is not giving him credit for this. There are a host of people claiming that the sky is falling. And though I disagree with that, because I have seen businesses succeed uh, that go through major transformational issues. I'm not saying that this one is promised to succeed or that Elon Musk is making the right choices here, but I have seen them succeed and I'm unwilling to say a piece of software that's existed for a long period of time now in tech terms is just going to collapse in on itself. I don't know that Elon Musk is making the right choices. Now, What we're about to read in this Verge article is going to depend largely on how you feel about what Elon Musk has done here. An ultimatum email sent at midnight, according to The Washington Post on Wednesday, with effectively less than a day to agree to either work harder on Twitter 2.0 or leave is going to have certain effects. I think it is anticipatable that a lot of people are not going to take you up on that, that they don't like being strong-armed, that they're contrarian or anti-authoritarian. Whatever it might be, I can tell you that no matter where I worked, if I got that email, I'd be out the door. I wouldn't like to be bossed around like that. And others are going to disagree. Others are going to say, yes, absolutely. I want to be a part of that process. Uh, But it is no surprise that many, many, many people will say no. Elon Musk, The Verge, hundreds of employees say no to being part of Elon Musk's extremely hardcore Twitter. Musk gave Twitter staff a deadline to say if they are staying for his cultural reset of the company, and right on the deadline, the farewell emojis started pouring into Twitter Slack, which says something about the culture of Twitter's personnel emojis on Slack, but I couldn't rightly say what. As The Verge reports, hundreds of Twitter's remaining employees have resigned ahead of Elon Musk's extremely hardcore cultural reset of the company, according to internal Slack messages seen by The Verge and employee tweets. One aspect of this story that we've now covered in many respects since Mr. Musk took over, is that there is absolutely no control of internal company information. That there are clearly people at Twitter that are dissatisfied with Elon Musk's ownership, whether or not that's based on something he's already done or what they think he will do, and that they are freely and happily leaking to places like The Verge as much as they want. The Verge might as well be on the Slack channel. They might be at this point in time seeing how Twitter employees are talking to each other in order to report in this fashion. That's not great for a company. A company cannot operate... Uh, in a distrustful environment, in a mistrustful environment. And so that's one of the things that Elon Musk is working on. And I can't tell you sitting here that that's not deserved. I don't know what he's saying to these people behind closed doors. But what I can tell you is it's no way to run a railroad, that Twitter can't operate in the way it needs to efficiently if employees are just constantly leaking out whatever its secrets are to places like, well, us or The Verge. The fresh purge of Twitter's ranks comes after Musk recently fired dozens of employees who criticized or mocked him in tweets and internal messages. Musk then set a deadline of 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday for all employees to respond yes on a Google form if they want to stay for what he is calling Twitter 2.0. Otherwise, today would be their final day of work and they would receive a severance package. After the deadline hit, hundreds of employees quickly started posting farewell messages and salute emojis in Twitter Slack, announcing that they had said no to Musk's ultimatum. Now that's not exactly how we would think of as a resignation. It's certainly not how it'd be characterized in labor law. So how that's all gonna go down is one of the things that might wind up in a legal fight. He said that they're going to get severance for leaving if they don't, or if they try to push back on that, that could be a whole deal in and of itself. But suffice it to say a boss at a company has the right to go and ask of his employees a certain amount of loyalty and mission directness for how he wants the culture and the direction of the company to go doesn't mean you have to like it doesn't mean you can't call out Mr. Musk if you previously worked at Twitter and now you don't and you disagree with the direction that it's now going that's all okay but there is a certain amount of preening online from some of these people that are making a public spectacle about their leaving and how Elon Musk is treating things that I don't think is a hundred percent deserved I've already told you I wouldn't work with a boss that gives an ultimatum like that. So I don't want you to think that I would. And yet I do know of bosses. I do know of companies that are successful with that kind of directive. You have to find good cultural matches for what is going to be the hierarchy of leadership at a company. I'm not pressing the button reports. The Verge based on one employee posting on Slack. My watch ends with Twitter 1.0. I do not wish to be a part of Twitter 2.0. Twitter had roughly 2,900 remaining employees before the deadline on Thursday. Thanks to Musk unceremoniously laying off about half of the 7,500-person workforce when he took over in the resignations that followed. I don't know how you can ceremoniously lay off about half your workforce, but fair enough. It certainly wasn't uh, terribly coothful. It wasn't something that was helpful in how people feel about their jobs, and I can certainly get being upset about that. Remaining and departing Twitter employees told The Verge that given the scale of the resignations this week, they expect the platform to start breaking soon, One said that they've watched legendary engineers and others they look up to leave one by one. It feels like all the people who made this place incredible are leaving, the Twitter staffer said. It will be extremely hard for Twitter to recover from here, no matter how hardcore the people who remain try to be. And that might be the case, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have any great insight as to how Twitter operates or what the code base is or how many people are needed to actually run the operation. But I will also say this. This is a Verge article that is largely populated by quotes from the Slack employees on Twitter and from the employees that have left. And it is no doubt that if you look at this ultimatum or you look at Elon Musk's leadership and you decide to leave voluntarily of your own accord, that you disagree with the direction that the company is going to go. You probably disagree with the chances of success that the company is likely to have. So that's not a big surprise in terms of quotes. And I don't know whether that's the only type of quote you should be taking for this kind of article. Elon Musk might be a crazy person. He might be somebody that's in way over his head and doesn't know how to operate this. However, he may also be someone that believes that this company can run on 2,000 people instead of 7,500 or 8,000 people, that believes that in looking at who actually operates Twitter, they can go back to something like a December, 2013 population, instead of where it was eight years later in December of 2021 and succeed and survive and thrive. And if you actually look at what 25% of 7,500 is, you're going to come up with something a little south of 2,000 employees. Now, what does he have right now? Nobody seems to know because everybody is reporting because there's leaks coming out from everywhere at Twitter that he's scrambling and he's asking engineers to stay and he's calling meetings to look at code and whatever else it might be as this all goes down. Meanwhile, Twitter's user base is describing an apocalypse. And I think it's probably going to be somewhere in between, right? If we look at the Verge article, you've got more of these quotes from employees that have left. Multiple critical teams inside Twitter have now either completely or near completely resigned, said other employees, who requested anonymity to speak without Musk's permission. That includes Twitter's traffic and front-end teams that route engineering requests to the correct back-end services. The team that maintains Twitter's core system libraries that every engineer at the company uses is also gone. You cannot run Twitter without this team, a departing employee said. And yes, I believe that there is value that is walking out the door of Twitter headquarters. Is it value that will crush the company? I would pause... And this is the same kind of advice I give to all of these stories, however dramatic they might be. Generally speaking, the sky isn't falling. Maybe it will. Maybe it will absolutely collapse it on itself like a dying star, and we can all laugh at Elon Musk as it does. But I do think we're a few steps removed from that, and I am intrigued to see what you can do with a leaner, meaner version of a tech company in Twitter. And I understand people leaving companies and saying, well, without us, it's all going to die. Without them, it's all going to die. I will be interested to see that because Twitter on its own maybe, maybe was a little bit bloated in its employee base, and we'll see what happens long term. Several members of Twitter's command center team, a group of engineers that is on call 24-7 and acts as the clearinghouse for problems internally, also tweeted about their departures. If they go down, there is no one to call when stuff breaks, said a person familiar with how the team operates. The team that manages Twitter's API for developers has also been severely gutted. And we don't exactly know what that means because The Verge is editorializing for us. In a tweet Thursday evening, Musk said the people, the best people are staying. So I'm not super worried. That is in fact what he tweeted to Dave Portnoy at Stool Presidente of Barstool Sports. Elon says it's fine. And depending on your proclivities for actually addressing an issue like this one, you either see that as Elon Musk is in control, he knows what he's doing, or it's that meme of somebody sitting in a fiery room saying, it's fine, I'm fine, it's A-OK. And again, I think it's somewhere in between, right? You can accuse the lawyer here of saying, well, we have to look at both sides of this issue or I have to stand on the fence on these kinds of things. But I strongly suspect that there are enough folks at Twitter remaining that they're going to be able to operate the thing without dying in a fire. But it might not be as smooth as Mr. Musk likes to present in tweets like that one. His first priority as Twitter's new owner has been to fundamentally reset its work culture, says The Verge. In an email to employees this week that was obtained by The Verge, he wrote going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world. We will need to be extremely hardcore, which is just hilarious. It is. It's hilarious. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Many employees have chafed at Musk's management style and Musk himself has grown paranoid that they will sabotage the company. I'm not sure it's paranoia if they are actually out to get you. Uh, And on this, it does seem like there are a series of employees, maybe whole groups of employees that really don't wanna work for Elon Musk, don't believe in Twitter's new direction and are leaking things all over the place. Now, could it get worse than simple leaks? Once you've breached company protocols and NDAs and contract concepts, well, then it's only a small step into doing more and more things at the company. It is why you lock them down when you're having large layoffs. And this has become, in respect of the ultimatum, a large layoff scenario. And so at any tech company, you're probably gonna do a lockdown like we see described at the top of this video for Twitter. Does that mean that there's actually no one working at Twitter right now? No, almost certainly it does not. It means that the free access in and to the offices has been removed and that they're probably being very careful about who can actually operate on the systems, use the tools, whatever else it might be. Verge reports, he met with a small group of senior engineers earlier on Thursday to hear why so many of them planned to leave, according to employees familiar with the meeting. Shortly after Musk's deadline to opt into staying at the company hit, an unsigned email was sent to employees saying that badge access to its offices was suspended effective immediately. And again, that's normal because you've hit a layoff event. Departing Twitter's employees have been told they will receive at least three months of pay, though they haven't had a chance to review their separation agreements yet. They'll they'll have to sign something for that. Almost certainly a release of the company from liabilities. Employees who decide to stay also don't know how Musk plans to compensate them with stock. Now that Twitter is a private company, though he has said that Exceptional Performance will receive stock options like they do at SpaceX, his other privately held firm. And that might well be the case. It might be something else. Generally speaking, you can have plenty of incentive type options and option plans, even at a closely held corporation. I can definitely vouch for that. Almost none, nope, none of my clients are publicly traded and we work out ways to incentivize employees. That's not the trickiest thing in the world. Meanwhile, Twitter recruiters have already started reaching out to outside engineers to see if they want to join Twitter 2.0, an Elon company. (laughs) According to a message sent to one recruit that was seen by The Verge, I worked here at Twitter for over 11 years. One employee wrote in Twitter Slack as the salute emojis poured in. Back in July, I was the 27th most tenured employee at the company. Now I'm the 15th. Departing employees also tweeted their decisions to leave, and we've collected some of them for you. We're going to skip that. And then The Verge finishes off with a little bit of a dramatic pause. Twitter no longer has a communications department to contact for comment which as i said is a little performative i have no doubt that you could contact twitter if you really wanted to regardless of whether or not they have a communications department again plenty of companies don't and still can get comments out for publication in fact i think it's probably not the greatest thing that the verge says they didn't even really ask for comment from twitter because the communications department is gone now as we pointed out Elon Musk is out there putting out fires. He thinks everything is fine. And other major publications outside of IGN and Netflix and everyone else are trying to answer the question as well. Here's the BBC. Is this really the end of Twitter? And I thought, okay, finally, we're going to have some sobering reflections on exactly how tech companies work, exactly what Twitter is as a product or service, how quickly it might otherwise fail. And no, not really so much. Here is the BBC, the hashtag RIP Twitter is trending and lots of the site's users are scrambling to download their data. They're also sharing alternative places to find them. Consumer champion Martin Lewis, who has 2 million Twitter followers, has set himself up on Mastodon, although he admits he doesn't know how to use it yet. No one does. Twitter's new boss Elon Musk, never wanted to ignore a trend, tweeted a meme of a gravestone with the Twitter logo on it. Well, he tweeted a meme of Twitter saying peace to Twitter. Twitter 2.0 saying peace to Twitter 1.0. You can read Elon Musk's memes, even if he's more meme-y than I would ever choose to be. Staff have been leaving in their droves, says the BBC. Half the workforce was laid off by Mr. Musk one week after he completed his purchase of the platform and many more are choosing to leave since he sent an email demanding hardcore working conditions and long hours from his remaining employees. He warned them of that. It is a demand... Ah, gee whiz, I don't know. A lot of people seem to hate Elon Musk just for being Elon Musk, when I think you can actually analyze what he literally says rather than editorializing for him. Quite a few of those departing, according to their Twitter bios, are engineers, developers, and coders, the people who work on the guts of what makes Twitter function. Let's take the two biggest vulnerabilities that could knock the bluebird off its perch very swiftly. So the title here, and I don't blame the author for this because often editors or the platform itself decide on the titles. Is this really the end of Twitter? That question isn't going to get answered. What this article actually is, is an article that says, wow, Twitter's acting real weird, rip Twitter. All this various stuff is out there, just like we talked about at the top of this video. How are the ways that Twitter could go down? And we're not going to go into the details here because we've already been on here long enough with you here in virtual legality, but they offer essentially three options that could take down Twitter. It could be hacked. And I tend to agree. If black hat hackers were to go after Twitter right now, if somebody that was inclined to make a name for themselves were to go after the platform, it does seem like maybe it's more vulnerable than it usually is. Servers under threat, which is kind of a version of hacking, Uh, under the BBC's rules, but also could just be an internal issue. Hey, you change a piece of code, everything goes down. Maybe you don't have the people to fix it. And then what they call the nuclear option, which I wanted to discuss just briefly here, which is, according to them, Elon Musk taking Twitter bankrupt. And I'll tell you this, I don't know that Elon taking Twitter bankrupt ends with the ending of Twitter. For the most part twitter has value both in its name and the network effects associated with that name and however it's operating under its current server and code infrastructure and that value can be transferred to another party or it can be reorganized to make it more svelte and more workable for whoever the owner of twitter would ultimately wind up being so the nuclear option here i don't actually think of as such the purpose of bankruptcy laws is to get assets out from under clouds of debt and to make them more operable, to increase that value. Does that always work? No, but there's value in the name and there's value in there being a Twitter. So I don't think Twitter would die. It just might look very different after a bankruptcy period. So the BBC doesn't answer the question and I expect more kind of navel-gazing or or chin-stroking articles about this topic in the future. But what I really wanted to leave you with in this video was this notion that Twitter isn't necessarily dead. As much as some of you might want it to be dead, even though we're looking at potentially a 75% or even 80 or 80 plus percent loss of institutional know-how, it will be interesting to see how things continue because plenty of companies have operated something of a Twitter type application with far fewer people than even 2000 so it'll be interesting to see exactly what they have to deal with there's a lot of legacy code in there there's a lot of secrets i would imagine in both the code base and maybe even in the institution itself and elon musk and his cadre of advisors have to be worried about that but are they worried enough to start putting out the dawn of the final day tweets from a corporate twitter account i would doubt it very much Now, as one last bit, almost an epilogue to this particular video, I do want to note as I was putting this together, Elon Musk started tweeting as he's wont to do. And if you go on Twitter right now, you will see him posting things like Freedom Fridays dot 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 in the reference to, I don't know, people leaving exactly what it means at Twitter itself and a much more specific tweet a few minutes later that goes a little something like, New Twitter policy is freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Now this is important. We're gonna talk about this Twitter thread more, but to a lot of people, Elon Musk represented a different way of operating a social media platform. A lot of people, myself included in some respects, have issues with the way these platforms kind of take it upon themselves to decide who should be authoritative, what information is, what misinformation, disinformation is, who should be allowed to use the platform, whose messages should be heightened, who should be suppressed. Uh, And while I think certain bits of moderation are likely necessary to have something like a reasonable minds can differ kind of conversation online, I think a lot of people rightly thought that some of these platforms were too opaque. We've looked at their terms of service. We've seen the ambiguities. We've seen how they've been dealt with and who has taken punishment and who has not on places like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. And Elon Musk comes in and says, I'm a free speech absolutist, which has a specific kind of meaning. I believe free speech in all its forms says the absolutist should be allowed and then he took over Twitter and started getting pushback from advertisers, started getting pushback from his internal employees, started getting pushback all around on all the plans that he had, all the choices he wanted to make, all the philosophies he espoused. And that seemed to culminate an hour ago with this tweet. I believe in freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. And this essentially says Twitter's a megaphone. Uh, And you don't have an entitlement to the megaphone. You can say what you want, but we're not going to otherwise promote it. He continues saying negative slash hate tweets will be max de-boosted and demonetized. Now, there's no monetization for Twitter users right now. So maybe that's coming or maybe he's just talking about his own platform. So no ads or other revenue to Twitter. You won't find the tweet unless you specifically seek it out, which is no different from the rest of the internet. Now, this is very interesting from a legal perspective because there's currently a case that's looking at whether or not algorithms are something that platforms are responsible for, that they can get liability for, that they become active participants in the messaging, that that might go the wrong way from the platform's perspective. Elon could be trying to get out in front of that. He could just be trying to get advertisers back when they really took his early takeover of Twitter the wrong way. But I do have issues with this message, not the least of which is, Negative tweets. We can forget hate there because that's a big enough political football to toss around. The sentence in the middle of this tweet says negative tweets will be maxed, deboosted. They will be suppressed. They will be shadow banned. However else you want to think about those tweets. And they won't otherwise make money for the Twitter user or for Twitter itself. What in the world is a negative tweet, right? And more specifically, I guess, which tweets aren't negative? Uh, As someone pointed out, I have been saying for God of War Ragnarok, a new video game that's on the market, that I don't think it's a 10 out of 10, despite the fact that a lot of people gave it a 10 out of 10. I think it's something like an 8 out of 10. Is that a negative tweet? I have a thread talking about the flaws that I see in the product. Is that negative? Certainly it meets The colloquial definition of negative, it is not as positive as something nearby it. That can't possibly be what Mr. Musk means. But until we get definition around some of these things, it's the new boss is same as the old boss in terms of ambiguity. Okay, great. You now live under the ambit of ambiguous terms coming from one individual instead of a group of people at Twitter. But does that make the world a better place? Does that make it something that was worth spending $44 billion on? I'd argue that it doesn't. So this is a very interesting road. We're now walking with Elon Musk on this social media platform. Elon Musk further says Kathy Griffin, Jordan Peterson, and the Babylon Bee have been reinstated. These were accounts that were previously suspended by Twitter. Trump, uh, the former president of the United States and leader of the Apprentice television show, decision has not yet been made. So Elon Musk rolled in all four full of steam and vinegar and everything else said, I'm a free speech absolutist. We're going to restore these accounts. We're going to do these various things. Uh, and either reality or his advisors wound up smacking him in on the face on this. Does that mean he's doomed? Does that mean Twitter is over? I'd argue, no, I will continue to cover this story because it is fascinating to me to watch one of the biggest deals in tech history, kind of try to work itself out in real time with a lack of diligence period with a lawsuit about whether he's going to be forced to buy it with a change of heart with now not knowing exactly what's happening at headquarters so if you're interested in this story please do stick with us here at virtual legality but I can't make any promises except that twitter's not going to die in the next 12 hours twitter's not going to die tomorrow And we'll be watching it every step of the way. If you enjoy these conversations about the business and law of things like technology, Elon Musk, video games, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We can't do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Utreon set up. We've got a Patreon set up for that. You can become a YouTube member, especially for our live shows, if you're more interested in that. And if none of those appeal to you, you can just subscribe, tell your friends, hit the button, leave comments, do everything that YouTube likes as engagement. Every single little bit helps. Now, if you did watch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed,